0: Learn more at marines.com. Now, uh, the All Blacks have been, of course, uh, the biggest talking point in uh, New Zealand sport for months on end. And they've arrived home from the Rugby World Cup, touching down in Auckland just a couple of hours ago. Sam Kane, N Foster and Ardie Savia, the World Rugby Player of the Year, were among the group that spoke to media not long after they walked through in that arrivals gate. And journalist and rugby reporter Jamie Wall was there. Jamie, uh, did they get a, a much real welcome from the public? Yeah, g'day guys. Uh yeah, they did. There was,
1: there was a I wouldn't call it a massive turnout, but there was certainly some people that had made the effort to come down to the the airport on a on a weekday afternoon. So, you know, like the the, the, the love was there. And um, you know, they were getting cheers when they when they walked out. Um so there was that was pretty cool. Uh, you know, it's not it wouldn't have been easy for them. They've just been on a very long flight home thinking about a final that they've lost for by one point, so to get that sort of reaction when they come out was, yeah, it was quite nice.
0: And potentially worried about the reaction as well, right? Because, you know, you never know what you're walking into in a scenario like that. We have seen um, all back teams uh, have some pretty passionate reactions one way or the other uh, in recent times, but uh, it's good to see that that's what they got. Now, how about the opportunity to speak to these gentlemen after a long flight from the other side of the world and uh, a few sleeps to, to digest? things uh, what were the questions like there and how was it all handled
1: oh well, I have to say that it was handled pretty well by, by NZ Rugby and the and the All Blacks media team you know they get they gave us all of the people that we wanted to talk to as captain, coach, the world player of the year and uh, as a bonus Mark Talia uh, as well who was the world uh, World rugby breakthrough uh, player of the year and um, it took a while to find him but we managed to get Samuel Whitelock as, as well and he's obviously someone who's who's worth a chat because he's finished his career with the Obis and he finishes as the highest capital black of all time. So can't complain with the access uh, that we were given um, today. Questions-wise, I mean, it's kind of hard because a lot of what you wanted to know from them has already been asked uh, over in Paris, you know, post-match when the emotions are still raw. If you were to ask them about the final, they'd just be kind of repeating themselves again. So it was more about the campaign itself how are they feeling you know how is in foster feeling now that it's it's done you know like he can he can just walk away from what would have been a, a incredibly stressful time in his life also a very rewarding one as well from what from what he said uh, and then you know just with Sam Kane as well you know how's he reflected on you know the very dramatic events of of the final as well and and things like that and, and then of course a whole bunch of questions about what they were going to be doing with their time off which was unsurprisingly having barbecues probably having a few beers and putting their feet up
0: yeah as far as uh coming home in defeat and holding themselves in the way that they did post that final uh you see a lot of teams from around the world to kind of keep their emotions in check and say very little until they get to the safety of home where sometimes they unload was there anything uh, to suggest that they were taking the uh, any of those issues that the rest of the country were talking about any further? Uh, a little bit from Foster. Um, he did make mention
1: of the fact that, you know, and got asked a fair question like, you know, do you actually review this game, you know, now that the, the coaching regime's mm-hmm. finished? And he said, yeah, we do, because we have to, we want to make recommendations to World Rugby about what we saw. And he very much alluded to the fact that he's, He's not happy with the, the role that the TMO played we sort of've seen Steve Hansen come out today and, and say very much the same thing and so you know I don't think that that narratives finished at all and I think that Ian Foster just in the future is going to be playing a role in that which is not going anywhere um, so I think it was you know fair enough for him to to he didn't he didn't come out and say like hey I want this, I want this whole thing torn down and, and um, rebuilt uh, but he did very much allude to the fact that yeah we've got we had
0: a few things to say um, afterwards, which uh, is not really that surprising to be perfectly honest. Did anyone ask any of those awkward questions about to the players about what happens now under Scott Robertson or starting to cast their eyes too far forward?
1: Yeah, yeah, there was um, uh, obviously uh, with um, Samuel Whitelock, You know, you know, have you been in contact with them? Obviously, they would have a fair line of communication, given that they've been. Had a working relationship for the last sort of what six years or so, uh, and he did say that you know he um, that you know he just had a few good luck messages. Um, Artie Saver said he hadn't, um, which again is kind of unsurprising. I mean, this is Scott Robertson's first day on the job, officially yeah. today, so he wouldn't. Um, uh, you know, they've literally just got a plane. Maybe they might this evening. I'm not sure, uh, but I don't really see any reason why. Um, the the other one though was uh, that obviously rumours have swirled quite considerably ever since Eddie Jones stepped down yesterday, and Ian Foster's name was actually mentioned by Phil War, Australian Rugby CEO, uh, yesterday in relation to that job. And um, you know whether Ian Foster goes goes for that, that's that's really interesting. I, I think that you know most of us kind of presumed that he would just ride off into the sunset, off to some Japanese uh, money up there with uh, with the likes of steve henson and robbie deans and, and so on uh, and dave rennie uh for that matter uh, and but this is a very interesting situation because really when you think about it right now yes the australian rugby is an absolute basket case but if you look at what's coming up for that team uh in the next world cup cycle they've got alliance to it and then they're hosting a the world cup it's an incredible opportunity uh, especially considering that the capital that they can tap into specifically for the wallabies and what i'm talking about here is Joseph Stewali. like he is not the last guy that they're going to go for uh and if you are able to be able to walk into a place um you know uh, with a with a complete clean slate and bring a shopping list with you i'd say that's actually a pretty decent gig uh to have um and especially for foster you know he it would be a really interesting storyline uh, for him to be coaching
0: against the All Blacks. So, you know, watch that space. It would be intriguing. Uh, and there's also, of course, you, you mentioned uh, Sir Shag before. Do you see a scenario where we could be looking at a, 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 a duo coaching of uh, Hanson and Foster back together again? Perhaps a director of coaching and a head coach?
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't rule anything out. It, it's it's it is kind of weird because it is everyone kind of knew what Steve Hansen was going to be doing when he finished with the All Black. He telegraphed it, you know, a year in advance, and you know it felt very much like the same way an All Black when he finishes his playing career would that you go offshore and you go to like either France or you go to Japan or whatever. No one's really sort of had that conversation with In Foster about what happens next. Not that he would have said so, because he clips his cards very close to his chest. But there's not even been any sort of inkling of what what might happen. Um, so yeah, I, I would not rule that out uh, at all. Uh, I mean, I think that'd be a pretty formidable coaching show. I mean, they would they be probably the most successful of all time. I think uh, if, if you're talking about pairings that have um, performed
0: on on the on the, at test match level. I, I My view on Ian Foster is surely after the year and a half in particular he's had, it hasn't been an easy run, you start with COVID as well, the COVID uh, pandemic, its impact on the the entire sporting world. But after this year and a half he's been through, we've been dragged through the mud, his name thrown out everywhere. Even though he got to shove a little bit of uh, crow down some throats with the way that this All-Back team pulled himself together, that's really from the frying pan into the fire going to the into a beast job yep open slate yep you can uh go there and do great things but you are under immense pressure constantly and they will automatically come in with a new zealander there surely and go not another kiwi it didn't work with deans it didn't work with rennie surely he's going to go for a gig that's got less stress more money
1: <laughs> oh you know that, that's you and i uh putting that i mean if i were him i <laughs> I would have walked away from the All black job a long time ago, uh, but that's me. I'm not. A, I'm not a coach. I don't. I don't think the way he thinks. He's clearly got a lot more mental fortitude than I do in that. In that, in that space, add me
0: to that. Um, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Oh, like, who who would want to be a coach? That, that's the thing. You know, it's it's it's, it's the most high pressure job. Um, whenever the team wins, it's always the players, and whenever the team loses, it's always you. Uh, and your job security is a constant topic of conversation by like the entire country so he it's obviously something he enjoy he must enjoy it i mean i don't think he enjoys every aspect of it uh but it's sort of, sort of an, an area that he he thrives he thrives in personally uh so i don't really know if that would be that whole environment
0: um would be something that would be putting him off i'm, I'm intrigued and look obviously a, 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 Fos, a fosters wallabies versus razors all blacks i mean it, sells itself that's good it would be it would be monumental for a, a, the full four-year cycle you also uh, got to see sam kane in that scenario uh that was a gentleman who was wearing the weight uh of the world on his shoulders you could see it in his face uh it was heartbreaking to watch from the other side of the world when he spoke post game and that press conference how was he different uh here is he still is he still wearing it he, i know he's speaking of that he's felt that support which is uh, beneficial but it, it must still be draining for him. And, and can you see in your guts, can you see Sam Kane being a, a major part of the All Blacks under Scott Robinson, the new era? That's a great question.
1: Uh, it really is because, of course, um, one of the questions got uh, thrown at Artie was, you know, uh, are you ready to be the long term captain of Scott Robinson Wallsy too? He, he deflected it off pretty quickly. Um, to the boundary there, but he you know, it, it's going to be a topic of conversation much like it has been for the last couple of years because you know, as unfortunate as it is to, to bring up, because don't get me wrong man, I like Sinkano. You know, I like him as a bloke, I really rate him as a player, and you know if I'm picking a, a top 15 of you know, New Zealand players that would make up the all blacks he's in it, especially the way he's played um, this year, but you can't actually take away from the fact that he got sent off in a World Cup final and Unfortunately, it's not actually the only final where he's where he's been. He's left the field this at a crucial time this year. This happened in the Super Rugby final uh, as well. I mean, maybe it's just uh, horrible timing, um, just bad luck, you know. But it's just something that he's he you know he's he's already said a couple of times. I've got to live with this for the rest of my life. It's horrible to hear, hear like hear something like that from a guy like that who's had probably not had the career path. That, that he's probably deserved. You know, he, he's he's come in and in the shadow of Richie McCaw. He's assumed the mantle of, of captaincy of an All Black team that is clearly not the same as the one that came before it. Uh, he's had to play for a Chiefs team that massively underperformed one season, and so we had to get used to him giving losing speeches every week for about nine weeks, which. I think actually played a massive role in the public's perception of him as a leader. Uh, and now these just unfortunate um, series of events that have happened this year. So I, I just, I think it's a fascinating story. You know, like, I'd love to sit down and hear his side of the way things happen, but you know, as all black heaven, there's only so much he's allowed to say. Uh, really. We only get to talk to him once a week during the season. You know, so the captain's run on a Friday and, and he never really says much. Uh, and today, you know, it's about as close as he got to really kind of opening up. And even then, it was still very much like state, stock standard answers. Uh, but he did say, you know, obviously that he's going to have to live with that red card uh, for a long time. And, and like I said before, it's,
0: it was hard to hear. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. An absolute champion individual, uh, a great sportsman, and a, a wonderful bloke as well. So, uh, yeah, those those words have been definitely among the uh, the most heartbreaking of this World Cup fallout. Jamie, well, thanks for all your time uh, during the World Cup and uh, throughout the year. Here on the run home in ECNZ, it's been uh, you've been a busy man, uh, but we've loved uh, hearing you and seeing you here, there, and everywhere. I'm sure there'll be some uh, some other major rugby controversy pop pop up in the next couple of days or weeks. <laughs> we'll give you another bell, oh, but uh, appreciate everything, ab-
1: mate. Absolutely, I'd count on it. Um, cheers, mate, um, and thanks thanks for you guys for all the coverage as well.